Hello and welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. Please uh, forgive my crackly voice and Look join us way. in the third and fourth episode of the Mr. Mercedes adaptation off of Audience TV, whatever that is. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, how was your Thanksgiving week? My Thanksgiving was very similar to your Thanksgiving. It's true. As a matter of fact, it was the same Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of really good food. I saw you and Stephanie go into the kitchen and pretty much didn't see you for most of the day. That's not true. I was, I got most of my cooking done by nine. But there was a lot of kitchen <laughs> stuff going yes. on. And it was actually, it was a turkey and it was a turkey loaf. Turkey loaf. Which is really good because I don't have to fight with bones. No. I'm lazy. And, and it's gone within right. three days. We have no, it is Monday night after Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. There are virtually no leftovers. And we did have company one day. We did. Too, so that helped a lot. But I actually had a very good time. It's very low-key, COVID. You yes. Know, it's hard to to start looking at plans for entertaining. And this is also our first holidays in the new space. Yes. Which is the smallest space that all three of us, all four of us have ever lived in. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out where our tree was going to yes. go. Yes. Yesterday was the epic of the our, our giant tree. It's seven feet tall. It's 56 inches at the base. 57, yes. And so it's just very hard to find a place in a room in a place this small. Although the living room is plenty big enough. We just laid it out uh, terribly. I hate our living room layout. Hi, everyone. This is me venting about our living room layout. (laughs) But I didn't have a say over it because I didn't. I came home and it was laid out badly and that is what we get. So... I guess I should just get what I get and not get upset. But uh, we did find a we found a place for the tree. It's in the middle of the room. Right. It casts beautiful light. It does. We shall trim it soon. It's not trimmed yet. It's got lights on it. So how was your Thanksgiving? You know, good, low key. Yes. Played some Settlers of Catan, which is good. I haven't played that game in a long time. I have hiccups today. Um, I didn't get enough work done, but I did get some paintings done. Okay. And I I didn't get we work done because I actively did not pictures work. Pictures of your art on um, on our latecomers. Why? Nobody because cares about my art. I care about When it. I do Stephen King stuff, I will put a picture okay. of my art up there. All right. And I have a Stephen King thing planned. So. Okay. Is it a cat that's come back? It's not. Is it a clown with a balloon? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the iconic Stephen King stuff. Yes. I think I showed you a picture that oh, I was planning on doing, maybe as a gift. And please tell me if giving stuff that you paint away as gifts is tacky, because I can't decide if it's tacky or nice. <laughs> so I need input, everybody. I need input. Uh, you want to get into the, these episodes? Sure. Let's go to these episodes. Before we get started with the recap. Mm-hmm. May I ask if the continued and expanded incest in these episodes has made you hate the show entirely I, or if you're still okay at, and on board? I'm really put off by... It doesn't seem to be entirely necessary. It's a... I feel like mm-hmm. making your antagonist the victim of sexual abuse 
is lazy. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> I think that Mr. King, good man that he is, tends to use a shorthand for yes. creating villains in that they don't have the... It seems like he piles on atrocities at times. Mm-hmm. Um, with these characters, they typically are, and we've talked about this with the, his uh, his bullies, are typically closeted homosexuals who are acting out, or they have issues with their masculinity where they feel they need to attack people that they feel are less masculine than, than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all sorts of sexual abuse that doesn't often seem to have a, a reason other than that it's just a horror to pile onto other horrors. Horror. He's saying horror. <laughs> I heard horror. <laughs> so I just wanted to be explicit given the, given the subject matter. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, so we're talking today about episodes two and three, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm sorry, three episodes and three and four, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Mayhem and Gods Who Fall, uh, the second of which was the first written by Dennis Lehane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do get further in to Brady's background. Um, we see a lot of him as a child and uh, and him as an adult being uh, abused by his mother. Um, and I wonder if it's an attempt by the writers and filmmakers also, because they get to choose what stays in right. and what goes out, right? Um, to Since we spend so much time with a mass murderer, to soften our view of him a little bit, uh, if that's what they're trying to do, I don't like it, and they shouldn't do that. I don't need to be on the side of the killer. I don't. I don't mean I, that. I, I think there's a, an attempt to understand what this character's motivations are. As of right now, I still don't see anything. I mean, I don't think the attempt is on the part of the writers to justify his behavior. No, um, it's not. But it does feel very much like we're getting. It's the same story as somebody like um, I want Dylan Roof. I hate mm. that I know these people's names. The 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 child, the kid that that uh, shot up the church in Charleston, right. um, where their narrative is: I was made to feel small, and so I. Right, and I think that maybe did whatever horrific thing I did. I'm seeing, I keep seeing that narrative as the motivation for villains, and it's almost always young white men, right? Right, too. So yes. it's it's this, which is I think exactly the same narrative that um, these uh, that um, a lot of these online groups push on to young white men mm-hmm. to get them to join whatever fucked right. up cause they have. Um, you know, the Super white supremacy roundup right. sort of situation. Um, and, and I feel like that that's what... It just feels... I guess it feels lazy, but also... Um, I've seen too many of them. Yeah. And I've seen it when we were watching Monsterland. That was... Oh, I thought that, that was yes. very interesting. They nailed that character. Yes. I've since then seen two or three movies that all seem to be about the same yeah. disaffected white young man. Yeah. 
the Rittenhouse and, guy. And that's the thing. It who, is it is right. a real trope. Right. Like it's it's a trope for a reason, right? Stereotypes yeah. come out of a reason. This is what these young men are being fed. We were we were um here's a weird side tangent. We were watching Lisa Ling's This is America. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of her show? That's the name of I don't, that's I, the name of a song. I don't, right. I don't remember but the it's something show. like that. Um, and I didn't. I, I knew from the intro I didn't want to watch this show. And it was what's happening to our boys and how the the suicide rate among uh, boys in this country is extremely high right now. Like it's mm-hmm. peaking, and also um, they're falling behind in academics and other other situations. Um, and and they wanted to like the the they wanted to blame that first on is it the digital generation causing this, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to, and then they were going to highlight this masculinity camp where um, these kids were yelled at by men they were supposed to look up to, and I was just like, I think. The damage done by man up and and things like that, mm-hmm. the damage done to uh, the country as a whole and men specifically um, by being informed that to be a man is to hide and not deal with any of your feelings yeah. is detrimental and not going to fix the fact that now these kids are having these feelings, don't know how to deal with them, and now they're just going to be reinforced to shove them back down. And I'm just like, you're perpetuating well, damaging things. It's, it is pretending that there's one way to manhood. For sure. And that is to give in to the testosterone and the aggression that's natural, I think. In a lot, well, I mean, it is. Yes. We produce a hormone that makes us, isn't responsible for the behavior, but that makes male animals, mammal, reptiles, everything, right? More aggressive. And so there's no curbing of that instinct, there's no um, tapering of that instinct, there's nothing. And and so I I think that when we're watching these kinds of protest, we're supposed to be sympathetic with them. I can't be. Yeah, I I see white men as more of a threat than any other group of people. Um, and I'm a white woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's true for most people of color mm-hmm. in this country. I'll say specifically in America. Um, a black man in baggy clothes or a white man in a red hat... I am more scared of the white man in the red hat. Mm-hmm. And that might make me an odd white woman, but I don't think it makes me an odd human being. <laughs> like, I think it puts me at odds with, with certain groups that I'm affiliated with and not other groups that I'm affiliated with. Um, so the fact... And our hero and our villain are of the same mm-hmm. class, race, um, you know, Hodges comes from Ireland. Right. Just because. Because <laughs> they hired Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> sure. I wonder if he's just of an age where he's like, I don't 
do an American accent anymore. Uh, you know who the fuck I am. So well, if you want like me John to John Malkovich, who wanders from role to role, whether he's playing D'Artagnan, I mean, one of the three musketeers, he wasn't playing D'Artagnan, mm. or whether he's playing um, Dr. Jekyll, he just, he's going to go into the exact same voice that he always and does. And Tom Cruise. Yeah. I'll play a German. But I'm not yeah. doing a German accent. <laughs> you know who the fuck you hired. So oh, exactly, uh, which is fine, which is mm. fine. But yeah, I this there's some very explicit stuff with Brady and his mom. Stuff that he oversee he oversees mm-hmm. her as a child. When he's a child, he sees her having sex on their couch. Which, bitch, you have a bedroom. You're a terrible human being. We know she's a terrible human she's, being. We've already right. seen that she's a terrible human being. But there's some sort of backstory involving it in the fourth episode where we try to get into her story about yeah. her motivation for why she's a child molester. It doesn't Which, work. It doesn't, uh, doesn't make me any more sympathetic. It just made me wonder why I'm spending more time with this person. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, ugh. The, yeah, child services never getting involved here is not ideal. Well, there's two things that we can see if we're taking the two episodes as a whole. Yeah, we are. Um, is that in one we're seeing more of the motivation for our serial killer character and why he does what he does. Oh, sorry. And one of those things is uh, his attempts to his at first unsuccessful then successful attempt to murder his younger brother. Yes, which it was unclear to me. You thought he put, like, pepper or something on the apples that he gave to his little brother mm-hmm. to make him choke. I thought he was putting cinnamon on them. Uh, yeah. I, but it, it's unclear. He it sprinkled something, yes. and he made the kid choke. And then the kid did not die, but did have to get a tracheotomy, mm-hmm. which... Right. I'll tell you that later, because I have one. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew what that scarred <laughs> I was like, do you even want to say that? But yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we both have neck scars. <laughs> Fashionable. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, it's a new thing. You'll have to get. And I didn't have one until after I met you. So right, there we go. See, <laughs> jumping on the trend. Uh, yes, that's right. And uh, then later, um, we see the child at the bottom of the stairs with a, a broken everything apparently, right. and one of Brady's toys. And it is unclear. It. The way that those scenes are shot, to mm-hmm. me, it is unclear whether the child died because mom left a, a child to watch another child, uh-huh. and just by neglect, this kid died, or if it was an on-purpose killing. Um, I, th- I, I feel like they leave it pretty ambiguous. I think that mom, as we see in her flashbacks, had a different version of what her life is going to be. For sure. We see her in high school. The the actor that they found was a pretty good match for Kelly Lynch. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember seeing her young, and that is pretty close to it. Um, we see her as a cheerleader. We see her very much in love with her, the, who turns out to be the father of the two children. Yeah. We find out that he's killed in an accident. Car accident, yeah. Uh, no, it was electricity. No. Oh, that's right. He was right, electrocuted. Because... He was working um, mm-hmm. for the electric company. And was planning on working his way, his way up, in the company, but did not have the chance to get off right. of the poles, because one killed him. Yeah, and somebody, which means he was not good at his job because that 
that's not a thing that happens to utility workers typically. Like they know better than to do a thing that's going to cause that. Unless there's a piece of equipment that's very badly damaged. That's true. That. that is true. But there's a very odd explanation they tell her where they say that in the very least that the sensation of that much electricity passing through a human body is weirdly pleasurable. Like I don't know if they die. told her that because she says they say, right. which is one of those things um, where you hear it. It sounds presidential. In the e- yeah, right. In the ether, I don't know if that means they told her that. Oh, I don't. Okay. I that think it was. I yeah, I, th- I thought. I I I presumed it was like so one of those we, things that you hear, and it's which is a weird thing, right? To say. Yeah, that's so a fucking weird thing to say. She. At this point, takes a real left turn, or no, I don't want to be discriminatory. At that, I think that's the point where something seems to happen to her, and then when the kid dies, yeah, she's at this point very absent. Um, Yes, and I think the two kids are well, one's watching the other. That yes, and then Brady, for some reason, starts experimenting on ways to kill his brother. See, the, I I don't know that it was filmed exclusively so for that. As far as I can tell, the interpretation. No, granted, he grows up and it becomes a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. So, well, sure. Not just that, but he also saves the. the there's a, a fire engine toy. Yes. That seems to be the center of the flashback. He still has it. He still has it as he if it's a trophy it. of his murdering his That's brother. That's true. He also mm-hmm. spends all of his time in the basement, which is where his brother died. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, no, it could be a returning to the scene of the crime right. all day, every day and situation. And yeah. Basically, just being kind of generally a dick about things. But um, if we're going to reconstruct his childhood, he successfully kills his brother. And I don't know that he actually has migraines. That seems to be the impression. Yeah. Or if these, because we see that really start when he catches his mother having sex on the couch. Now, it must be said that. His mother does not stop having sex. Nope. She just tells him to go upstairs, and he sits in the staircase. Well, you know, the man who's... Uh, involved. Involved. He <laughs> starts yelling at him to go upstairs and leave him alone. And they get right back to it. I mean, there's a pause, but at no point do they get dressed or are they embarrassed about this. It's just, go upstairs, this is mom. No, and the, the man is clearly aggravated by the situation. Right. And I'm like, hey, assholes, go to your fucking room. Right. It's only marginally better, but it's better. Like, ugh. yeah. <laughs> I had more to say, but I decided not to say it. Um, so I, I could hear it right there in, in, in so, your side. Yeah, so these two um, episodes, uh, at the end of the second episode, mm-hmm. we, ha- we had um, Hodges basically taunting Brady. Right. And there are a couple of additional instances where um, his TV is, Bill Hodges' TV is interfered with and uh, graphic images from the night of the Mercedes murder are, like, projected into them, but they go away. Um, And he decides that he is going to taunt Brady, basically. And say, because um, one of the other, there were like three outstanding mm-hmm. uh, cases that Hodges was plagued by a little bit. And that they had talked about in the first couple of episodes with Pete. And um, one of them was uh, 
Donnie something and he was supposedly had supposedly killed his wife, but they couldn't pin it on him yet. And then there was like a turnpike murderer. Turnpike Joe. Turnpike Joe. Which actually sounds kind of like a, a Muppets character, I guess. I, it does not sound I pictured like immediately when you said that, I pictured Dr. Teeth. Yeah. With like a bindle. Well, there was the character in the Muppets movie, <laughs> Hobo Joe, who sits in the back of the theater. I don't know. Um, that. And it's uh, Zach Alphanakis, I think. Oh, I do remember. Okay, the right. new Muppets. Okay. Yeah, the new Muppets. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um,. And and then the Mercedes killer. Mm. And they capture the wife killer, who also turns out to be so Turnpike yeah, Joe. A, a so they're there. having exactly. So he right. he is going he goes into the um the precinct with some new evidence, and that new evidence is the letters that he's received uh-huh. and the letters that Olivia Trelawney received, which he was excuse me, which he gets from her sister, Janie, uh, played again by Mary Louise Parker, who's so beautiful. I love her. I think she should be in all the things. I really do like her. I find her a very captivating She is, has the strangest sex appeal of anyone um, I've seen on screen, but she does have sex appeal. It's not like the odd appeal of, no, no, she, she it's there. You could also not be attracted to her She's and find her charismatic. Very, and um, she, But she plays, there's a kind of charm that she has that's just her. Yes. And it's very odd. It's, you know, her body language is very funny. It, she, it is. And she seems but, younger than she is, but not in a way where it's like, ew, old lady, stop acting like right. that. She just has this, like, youthful sort of effervescence about her. There's something slightly offbeat about her and all the time. Yes. And there are some... And not yeah. like as far offbeat as like a Juliette Lewis. No, no, but as offbeat as someone like a Holly Hunter. Sure. Who's just a, or even Sigourney Weaver. Now that I'm thinking of it, since we're thinking of serial killer movies, yeah, no, somebody whose appeal is just a, being a little bit odd or being a little bit, yeah, she's really great at that, and she's doing a great job here too. Yes. Um. So she. Um, she has given him these letters. Which he believes is are from the the killer, just like his mm-hmm. correspondence has been from the killer, and he goes into the police um, to to bring them the, that evidence, and they have you know broken these other two cases, and uh, and he tries to tell them you know what's what he has, and they are extraordinarily dismissive. They are like, "You're retired. You're not part of you know." He's like, "We're on the same team." He's like, mm-hmm. "You're not on the team. You're retired," which is. A pretty shitty thing to say to somebody. Right. Uh, Janie has also given him, I believe, $5,000 um, to basically be a PI. Right. Um, and he's like, well, I'm going to take this to the cops. Like, before I cash a check, I'm going to take this to the cops. I'm telling you that I'm going to take this to the cops. Um, and then when he takes them to the cops and they are basically deaf ears and look at him like he's crazy no there's the assistant that uh what's his name has this woman who just seems to rephrase everything that she's told in a way that makes yeah she's the fucking worst right um yes it's a a younger detective who i guess is his partner now i don't think she's an assistant she's just she's also a detective okay i'm sorry i don't mean to be dismissive it was a little dismissive (laughs) Well, I don't like her. Um, I understand, but, yeah, but, but what, 
she does is that she seems to take everything that our protagonist is saying and simply rephrase it to make him sound crazy. Yes. Your TV is talking, it's talking to, you. to you. It's talking to you. Which is, and it's, that is also a sub, like a sort of a sign of the times. I actually mm. kind of appreciate the incredulity that he is met with because right. in 2009, or I guess this is 2011, two years after mm. 2009, technology still wasn't really understood. There were still like, the internet is what? Like, there's a, still a lot of right. that happening. But there's also an element of, I face it from time to time, as you well know, having a younger person just talk to you like, oh, that's not how things are done. Now, what we do know in terms of this story is that he's facing somebody who is more or less a computer genius. Right. Who is able to create new technology to meet his needs. Well, he's, yes, yes. First of all, he is mm. creating actual hardware to meet his right. needs. But also... He's using what the internet could do, yes. but that a lot of people didn't know that the and internet could the, do. And he has the weird quicker device yes. that is which yes, and very largely in these. Yeah, episodes. I want to do that when we talk. We go back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Bill decides he's going to just go ahead and uh, pi this case. But also he goes on to Debbie's blue umbrella and basically says, you know, good try, but I wanted to let you know that. Um, we found the real Mercedes killer, and it hasn't been released in the press yet, but they're going to, you know, tell him, so fuck you. Basically, and he's doing it to taunt him, which is dangerous. Mary Louise mm-hmm. Parker is like, do you want to taunt the killer? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, people make mistakes when they're angry. And she says, and I think this might be my favorite line so far, people make bodies when they're angry, too. And I was like, she's right. <laughs> Like, she's absolutely right. And it turns out she's right in this thing. Um, so uh, so that's where it kind of he leaves Brady. And then for, like, episode four, they don't even really interact with each no, other. It's more They're about, doing their own things. Right. Um, I like Jerome, too, over this, these two Yes, this two Jerome was dumb and was honest with his parents. And so or his, dad. his dad was like, uh, are you getting my son involved in a dangerous case. And Hodges was like, yeah, also I'll a stop. Of, there's a world of difference between the way that Bill deals with Jerome's dad. He's not respectful towards a great many people, but he respects the fact that this man is taking care of his family. Yes. Um, Which because, he has not done. <laughs> as we've learned in episode four. Yes. Or even the epi- end of episode three is that uh, Bill has his own daughter that he hasn't spoken to. He hasn't in, a, in a number of years. Which, which is the, the fallen god of the title. Yes. You're a god, you're just a fallen god. Yeah. Yes. So um, he's he starts, he and Janie start a relationship, which mm-hmm. Holland Taylor comes and sees them together, and she's real sad about it. And I was like, I know. Because <laughs> he's like, he's clearly... More in, like invested in life, like you, you like he's right. up and he's out and he's moving around, and she is like, "That's a man with a spring and a step." And he says, "I owe it all to you." And then she sees him going into a bar where she was headed anyways after right. she gets her hair done, and um, he um, is there with uh, Mary Louise Parker's character Jamie, and she just goes ahead and turns around and leaves. 
um, so as not to embarrass herself. But like that, I think that her face is so good in that scene, and it's like, oh my, she's like a super good actress. Well, I think that what because I thought was thinking about the relationship between these two women, yeah, and what they represent to Bill, mm-hmm. and I think that. Janie is not just this attractive woman who is, you know, making these kind of advances towards him that he understands. She's not sending nude pictures. She's just sort of asking him to dance and and being something closer to his own speed. Um, But she also represents him getting back into the game, so to speak. She's there with him. She's on a case with him. She's, right. She is bringing him back to life, representing him with something that he's good at. Because this whole, um, what Ida is, is, or what she represents to him is, settling I'm next door. For, right. <laughs> right. Settling for whatever. It's not a big deal. And Here's something threatening. Like, you yeah. don't know if your penis works. And that's uh, a theme before his first yes. love scene. Yeah. Is that he's terrified that he will not be able to perform sexually. Um, and so when he's able to urinate before he makes love to this woman, he's really, really, he's talking to his penis at one point. Yes. yes. There's a grown man talking to his penis, trying he to is. encourage it. He's like, I want to, I'm going to take you to your favorite place. <laughs> it's a warm place. Or I'm going to take you to, yeah, it's your favorite place. <laughs> Always has been. Um, but I, so I think that I did. There's just, also like an age uh, difference, but it's not. No, I really do think that if. The places were reversed. Yeah. He's terrified of Ida basically thrusting up his sexuality, which might not even be a factor in his life anymore. Right. Ida's relentlessly sexual. He's worried that he's not even going to be sexual anymore. It is. It is. And it's also a... Getting into a relationship with Ida is also just coming to terms with the fact of your current existence, and he has not come to terms with the the fact of his current existence. Um, and I don't know how old I, I can't remember how old Ida is in the book. The, di- the year, the, the age difference, I just want to go over real quick because Holland Taylor looks like fire and we should recommend that, or, uh, you know, realize that when this was, rec- was, was filmed, she was 74 years old. Wow. He was 63 years old mm. and, um, um, or maybe 62. And Mary Louise Parker was 53. So the age differences are about, like, as of today, it's 56, 65, 77. That's their ages, right? Um, And so she is a younger woman, but she's also an appropriately aged woman, right? She's over 50. It's fine. (laughs) Mary Louise Parker does not look over 50. Uh, But... Uh, she was and is of that age. Um, you know, and Holland Taylor is close to 80 and looks spectacular, but I guess Sarah Paulson will do that too. <laughs> so cheers to them. Uh, so they, yes, they are hooking up, which is also inappropriate. If she really did write him a check to be her PI, they should not be hooking up, except now he's definitely in a noir movie from the 40s. So I guess, she you know, hook up with the dame. She did. I, she I did. think that there's that, too, because there's an element of, of role-playing to their yeah. relationship, too. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he sees. He's falling back, or he's uh, going back into 
doing what he does best, and that is what's exciting to the, him about this relationship. Yeah. What I will say is the the female we know Stephen King doesn't write great female characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the female characters, the three female characters that we see in this, the the main ones, are all really interesting. Right. One Kelly Lynch's character is deeply broken and flawed in a way that is both gross and boring. I would say it's not. Okay, particularly is, original. Right. She doesn't have a lot of agency. Right. Um, or or she's portrayed as not having a lot of agency. She absolutely has the choice to not fucking molest I, her child. I like and she did not make that her, I think she's kind of miscast in this role, which is what I felt. She still, if they're going for the strung out woman who lives on alcohol and cigarettes, she still is built like a track runner. She looks My like My mother, athlete. when she was addicted to meth, uh, you would have thought that she was a bodybuilder. Really? Yes. There is... I there mean, you. Th- but this is something different, though. She's... Physical... Not, not a bodybuilder, but, like, she right. was built very much like Kelly Lynch. Her arms were super strong because she was working a physical job. But we don't see Kelly Lynch's character do anything. Well, no. I, I think mean, she has a job. Aside from jerking we off just her son, don't, she doesn't really... Right, we see we she has mm-hmm. a job because she has a house, right? And Brady's not paying for everything, um, or she, because she explicitly says, you know, she's got to pay for things. Um, so she has some sort of work, and my mm-hmm. guess is it's not a very high-paying thing, and it's probably me- fairly menial labor. She may work in a fucking factory or something like. She might be lifting boxes regularly, things like that. Like I think she probably has a physical. Yeah, we haven't seen. We just only see her drunken on the couch, that, right. but that's because we're seeing her when he comes home from his two other jobs. Well, but it was a really weird choice then to go only with her past in this sort of flashback inside of her story. Well, we've only got we've got six more episodes. Well, I thought the story arcs went differently. Look, there's. Oh, I'm, I'm I mean, we we will season. probably still see more right. from her. Um, I I don't think her physical type is wrong for the character type. Also, I I've seen a lot of women who live in trailer parks. Like mm-hmm. they look like her, physically. Um. And I'm only looking at her as she's being portrayed on this screen. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing Kelly right. Lynch from the past into it and so maybe that's detrimental to your viewing of it I don't know I don't know I'm just saying because I think that she's works really well in the part I think the part is well the part is not really not ideal (laughs) not great as of right now you could take her element of sexually sexually abusing her son right the fuck out of it out of it we don't need it wouldn't change the story at all because it the no, the, you know um, you have a damaged son, and you right. probably know you have a psychopath as a son. The fact that we bring—that's that's just brain chemistry. That you don't need. Yeah. You don't need the sex part of it. That wouldn't involved have changed. He would have been all. a psychopath no matter what. Uh, yes. And yes. so being sexually abused by his mother doesn't contribute anything to nope. his particular. Kind and it just—it's that trope of. Um, you know what is a pathology. Mm, that's that's a good one. Um, that trope of the 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 parent who loses their spouse right. making the oldest child of the proper 
gender Mm -hmm. the replacement for that. Um, We see it as a lot of times with the with a, a daughter having to basically be the mom of the house. Um, and then sometimes that does spiral into sexual abuse as well. But a lot yeah. of times it's just the emotional abuse of, no, you have to raise these kids mm. that you didn't fucking have and that you are still one of. Um, or you have to treat, you have to do the cooking and cleaning for me because God forbid I learn how to be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which we see in um, almost every single thing where mom died when the daughter was young. Mm-hmm. The the daughter inevitably becomes the mom the the mom and pseudo wife even if it's not like I said not sexual yeah. um like even in as innocuous as a, a movie is something like Tall the Boys I've Loved Before the 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 our protagonist's father is incapable of fully being a father and so she does basically raise her sister and it's like we're like oh look how strong and brave and good they are and i'm like but also gross although the protagonist is the middle child there's Mm. an older one but they all basically had to be mom because mom died and it's like well that's not how this fucking works it's not how it works and in this case they're just gender swapping that and making it uh sexual as well which you know gross there's no fucking reason for that. Like, how, she yeah. was. She's ke- still. Ke- she was still I Kelly do. Lynch. She was still a beautiful woman when right. her when her husband died. There was no reason. I don't know if for her to become a weird sex addict. Some element to it that I haven't seen yet. I don't know if there's supposed to be more to this story that explains where she went. Really I mean, wrong. we've still got six. Because, like I said, six episodes. Because right now it just sort of looks like. Um, what was the... And I, I really did. That was my favorite line from Monsterland. You think you're a special kind of fucked up. You're just an ordinary kind of fucked up. Yeah. There's nothing right here that says, and my next step is to molest my child. Yes, all exactly. All the way into adulthood. That's, that's that what I'm just like. Sense. Kelly Lynch would have been... I mean, she's obviously still getting sexual relationships, too, from what we've seen in the Right, and she's just going to the wrong place to right. get them. And yeah. they're all trash people, it looks like. Yeah. Um, but... Because that's the only thing, I guess, that makes her feel whole, which is just such a, also again, just such yes. a trope. Yeah. Um, and, but so 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 her character is drawn out, like it's well drawn, mm-hmm. like there's a lot there, but what's there is bad. Yeah. The other two women, though, are like badass ladies. Like they know what they want. They don't take any shit from people. Both Mary Louise Parker and uh, Holland Taylor's characters, Um, you know, maybe to a fault a little bit, but like they're on their maybe first date and Bill tells her that he doesn't talk to his daughter because she doesn't want to talk to him. And she's like, that's you don't get to be off the hook. You need to call your daughter. Now, that's. That's fucking ballsy for you to say to somebody when you've literally just met them. Like, she's yeah. known him for, what, seven hours or something like that? Well, this is also enough into the relationship where they've formed a kind of a friendship already. Yes. So, yeah. But that's still a thing. I mean, I don't know that I would say that to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's really inserting yourself. And so, so 
And thus, it is sketching who she is as a yeah. person. And I think that's really interesting. Because she was like, this relationship, it, first of all, isn't important enough that I'm not going to say what the fuck I want to mm, say here, yeah. right? Like, if, if if that means that you don't, we don't talk anymore, then we don't talk anymore. Like, that's fine. Right. We're, I guess we're early enough that I'm not losing anything by this. But also, I'm just putting myself on front street. Like, this is how, I, I'm going to fucking call you on your bullshit. And I'm calling you on your bullshit. Right. And if you don't like that, then we don't need to ha- continue this. That's fine. Um, and he takes it really well. That's the other thing is that could have really gone to the left and it didn't. Um, and it, they continue. I mean, she's serious when she says that, but then they continue to kind of joke yeah. through that, that, that um, conversation. But it's really, it's interesting the writing that was happening there because both of them, well, both of them too are grown-ass adults, right? Like, they're both in their 50s or more. Which is interesting watching people that are older people working through a story like this. Usually I'm used to, there's much more of a youth dynamic. Yeah, everybody's in their 30s at the most. People who show up my age in mainstream programs are either the obstruction or they're mentoring. Mm-hmm. But they generally don't have lives of their own. Yeah. And that's kind of why I think a lot of people, especially when you hit my age, when you're hitting your 50s, you kind of lean back and start looking at things that you appreciated more when you were younger. Because there isn't really an active place for you to be anything other than, you know, this the grandpa other, or. You're helping yeah. people along or you're hindering them, but you don't really have your own story. Right. You're now not the you, protagonist anymore. You are a side character. In the way that you relate to these young people who are going through their lives. Yeah. As if, you know, whatever growing we have to do is stop now. Yeah, right. Which is so frustrating because we've got so many actors who are that age and can't mm, find but work. Particularly women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially women. Because. I mean, when you've got Jennifer Lawrence at 28 playing a 50-year-old, what the fuck are 50-year-olds supposed to do? Right. Like, hey, David O. Russell, hire somebody who's the age of the fucking character. I understand you're obsessed with this woman. Stop it. I like the... Uh, <sighs> there was um, a commentator who was talking about the difference between... At the time, and these are older actors, so I'm not sure that you're familiar with them too much, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas that Kirk Douglas kept playing Kirk Douglas into his 60s, jumping off of buildings, running around and picking people up and hefting them on his shoulder, and basically doing things like that, whereas Burt Lancaster eased off and said, I'm even willing to play an older man as long as it's a good part. And that was kind of the thing with, I think, Sean Connery growing older. You can grow older that way. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, you wind up being the mentor part a lot of times. but. There's a difference between someone like... Um, You're the man now, dog. <laughs> but when you are someone like Tom Cruise, who's older than I am, and still, you know, running around and jumping off of helicopters and yeah. doing whatever else, in yeah. an effort to prove he's still viable, um, that kind of becomes pathetic after Well, all. I mean, he is still viable. He still makes a shit ton of money. No less, no more talented than he ever was, though. <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't even want to get into a conversation about Tom Cruise. I have many yeah. thoughts and feelings, and we he's don't need to get into that. always been incredibly dull to me. I just don't see it. But yeah, not my tempo. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but 
plot-wise in these episodes, you know, Bill decides to go ahead and taunt, poke the bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerome has to, he, he tries to fire Jerome after he has a conversation with his dad, but Jerome's like, look, if you're going to deal with this, you need an IT guy, but, and I'll lean back, but mm-hmm. you do need me, and I won't fucking tell my dad, um, and I'll be careful, and as soon as you say it's too dangerous, I, uh, I'll stop. Um, and I'm like, already too dangerous, because he does see Brady when he's out with his friends. Brady knows who the fuck he is. Brady knows who he is. I'm worried about that ending badly. Uh, There's a whole subplot in this particular arc, too, involving a patriot. Well, that was the other thing. Um, So so that's that's Bill's half. Yeah. Um, He's getting into this relationship with this woman. He's being... Uh, totally pushed aside by right. cops. Um, ooh, we do like the scene when he drives up on some cops and stops, breaks for them. They get mad at him and say they're going to arrest him. And he's like, for what? For what, motherfuckers? For, for having the audacity to put my brakes on for you as you walk across traffic without looking? Like, right. yeah, he's in a, he's in a state. Um, but they, they don't do anything to him, which was good. Um, and then sort of reluctantly agreeing that Jerome can be involved. Um, and that's his side. Then Brady's side is, yeah, we see the history of his brother and his father because mm-hmm. um, mom wants to go visit the graves. So right. that's where the sort of, that's going towards. So we see his brother died twice and uh, was not revived the second time. His brother died at the, I guess he was four, three or four, uh, according to that headstone. And, and then we see him trying, you know, walking downstairs and seeing his mom on the couch with this other guy. And then he just watches that. We see as he has a migraine, she uh, makes him get into her bed. This is now, this is in current time. Mm -hmm. And she, um, Gives him a handy. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, it gets gross. It's real bad. Um, and then we see him uh, at work. Uh, his boss, who has a bandage on his face, uh, accuses him of uh, doing something to his computer and making it explode, to which he was, like, super offended. <gasps> say what? Except, yeah, you, motherfucker. Because you definitely did it. And I'm like, this. Bo- his boss is the only one who sees him for who the fuck he is, which is pretty funny. Um, and then, yeah, we see White Power Boy. I think his name is Ryan. Of course it is. A The customer who had previously not liked how uh, Lou flaunted her sexuality, her homosexuality by... I don't know, standing I there. I don't, I, I don't know. It's un- unclear. I'm not sure. I'm still kind of confused as to how everyone knows that she's knows the, that she's a lesbian. I don't know. I mean, because... I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing that's a I mean, she away. does present in mm. a stereotypically butch, quote-unquote butch way. Mm. I don't... Whatever the fuck that means. She has short hair. She has tattoos. She wears pants. I don't know. Me too. I don't know what the fuck to say. 
okay. Like, I, it's crazy. Yeah. All of those things are true about me. I don't think our hair is a yeah, short hair. much. Well, it's not that short now because COVID, but uh-huh. hers is not. Yeah. She doesn't even have what we would call a pixie cut. No. I, 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 and she has a side shave, though, so I mean, but yeah, it's, I, the, the, I don't know. Why I don't she know. She gets to be the target for abuse with yeah. these weird indicators that maybe make sense. In what time is this in? Uh, it's not. I want to say Cambridge. It's a place in Ohio. It's well, Ohio. in Ohio, maybe that's what equates to lesbian. Here, that just equates to kid. Yeah, I, I don't know. We're yeah. calling from the Bay Area, so. Yeah, I I have no idea. We have what, different standards. What the issue is? She, you know, she is a lesbian like she openly quote-unquote admits to it like but um yeah i don't know how she's flaunting it i don't know she's just she's just a person she just looks like a person uh and but he's real abusive to her previously and then we see him working out and then booting up his computer and then we see that brady has I don't want to say hacked because that's not what has happened, but he has access to the camera on the computer so he can see him. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he boots up his computer. He, there's a knock on his door, ring the doorbell or whatever, and he is served with a restraining order. And then he starts like mumbling about how they're taking his family from him and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, that's probably because you did something you shouldn't have and you don't deserve them. Yeah. Uh, and so he log, and then he logs onto a fucking white power site because of course he does. And then his computer fries and it's Brady does something and then, and then he's like super pissed because Lou had fixed it. Um, and so he goes back to the store um, berates Lou, uh, even though, and, and she says, because he said, you've said you fixed it. And she said, no, I said I did the best I could. It needed a new motherboard that would take a week. You said not, you couldn't wait. Then that's, and here we are. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I fucking told you it wasn't fixed and it's not fixed. Weird. Uh, and then, of course, you know, he gets heated and yells and bossy magoo comes out and is like i'm sorry customer customer's right and she's like this is bullshit and he's like we'll fix it by tomorrow which i don't know how the fuck they're gonna do that and he says come back tomorrow after work um you know at at the end of the day we'll have it for you Uh, because he says that he is affiliated with some construction company that gives them a lot of business and once again it's 2011 it's a it's a Re, like a store a retail store that sells computer stuff so yeah they're dying uh and he knows that but he still needs to not fold to these fucking assholes and then we see brady following ryan oh they have a little con- brady and lou have a conversation that's actually really interesting where lou's like i don't know how you just brush it off he called him something i don't remember what he called him He's like, oh, he, he did? He called me that? And he, she's like, yeah. He goes, I just right. fucking kind of zone out. Like, I, when I'm going to be abused, I just go away. Just go away. And, uh, you know, then she's like, you know, maybe you make his computer explode or whatever. And 
like they're kidding with each other. And I'm like, yeah, except he could probably do that. Um, and my whole thing with this storyline is I'm not sure if Brady wants to fight back on Lou's behalf or if he's fixing to, like, do something to Ryan and frame Lou for it. Like, I cannot tell if Brady can have I friends. I don't know. are really well done. That's the part of... See, Lou's another interesting right. female I character. What um, what I see when I'm looking at that is that Lou is getting an increasing horror of what she sees from Brady, which is that she's coming from, to the realization that there's no moments of compassion in him really at all. Like and he's, he's doing this just because it affords him. He's um, attacking people basically who deserve to be attacked uh, right now. Right now. And he's doing this um, using her complaints as an excuse to harm people because he likes doing it. Yeah. And so we don't, it doesn't matter if the white supremacist, and it's, it's telling that Lou has such a reaction to seeing images of lynchings on this guy's Well, that's the thing. Computer. She's like, um, you know, Why where he was. All, world, you, right? you won't ever guess where he was um, when his computer exploded. And, um, you know, Brady yeah. presumes porn because, of course. That was his last victim. Well, also... When somebody comes in and their computer is fucking super infected with viruses, especially in 2011, it's because porn sites right. infected your computers with viruses. Well, I'll take your word for it. Uh, trust me. <laughs> I don't know. I never had a computer infected with viruses from porn sites, but that is definitely a thing. Um, and she's like, no, he goes to, you know, these white supremacy sites that like to, you know, kick out a bunch of viruses too, which is fucking wild to me. But, um, but malware, and he, she's you know when he gets stressed, he uh, he likes to watch lynchings, which is like yeah. yeah the fact that there are places on the internet where you could just do that, which it, it's not surprising. To mm-hmm. me, let me be clear, it is disheartening to me. It is very upsetting to me, um, and. Then we see Brady, and I don't know how he picked... Uh, did he just follow him after he picked up his computer? Was he, that what he, it was? Yes, he was stalking him, and he was uh, following him using his new remote device. Well, yes, he has the remote device, and he's following him. I think it must be after, because he's like, where do you live? I see you in um, some sort of townhouse, like some sort of boring, you know, development, whatever. So he's following him. And he's changing all of his lights to green. Changing his lights to green. Sometimes he doesn't. Ryan's getting mad when he doesn't hit the green light. Like, he he feels like now he's entitled to all the green lights. Then he changes his lights to green. Changes his lights to green. At one point, he changes his lights to green. And that gets Ryan T-boned. I don't know if he's not changing the other lights to red. Like, if he was trying for this. It, it, it's he, unclear because we don't right. see what the other trucks see. He is very much trying to get him killed just to amuse himself. But um, when it ha- when when he gets hit, the actor at least I don't know if the character is supposed to look shocked. 
The I actor he looks, looks shocked as much as he looks me. really enthusiastic. He's definitely enthused by what has happened, but I feel like he was genuinely surprised that there was this accident in front of him. Like, that's what it seemed like to me. And maybe, like I said, maybe I'm reading things incorrectly. But um, I, you couldn't tell if he was... Like, I don't know how the lights work. Right. Like, if one goes green, the other automatically goes red. I, it's unclear to me. Um, and they haven't shown that to us. So, but... And then he goes up to the... Uh, to the crushed car that Ryan is upside down in. And he's very much bleeding and just looks at him. And um, he's, like, gurgling. And he has this look on his face. And he's like, oh, I've seen that look before. And then we flash back to his brother at the bottom of the stairs yeah. with the fire truck toy that we had seen Brady with earlier, the current Brady with earlier. Um, and he moves the toy into his brother's hand. Almost to make it... It's like he's staging a crime or an accident. But his, and his mother's standing his behind mother him sees and sees it So happening. I think that what the impression that that gave me was that mom knows about the fact that her son's a psychopath and that, I don't know, uh, there's a weird element there of maybe even exchanging sexual favors with her son means that she stays alive. Except, I, I, I it don't, doesn't appear that he wants any part of it. He doesn't, but he now. still submits to it. Well, he does submit to it, but I don't. I that doesn't feel right to me. I there's because, not really. I, I don't know. I have to see more of it because yeah, right we'll now there's just too much that doesn't get answered, and I'm providing too many answers for for my benefit. Well, my, you also have to keep in mind, like I said, we're not even halfway right. through, so. That's not like we can't even level that criticism at this point. We're not halfway through yet, even. So, uh, but yeah, it's I don't I don't know why when you have a psychopath in front of you, who's also your child, your thought is should fuck it. <laughs> I should fuck We're it. We're not seeing that she does that. <laughs> um, we haven't seen that. We yet. haven't seen that. You're right. You're absolutely right. So there might be right. some other kind of. I don't know what we've seen so far is that she seems to think that hand jobs cure headaches. So next week, we're going to watch episodes five and six. Okay. Those are called The Suicide Hour and People in the Rain. And that's what we're going to do for next week. Uh, in the meantime, do you have any recommendations? Um, yes, I do. And it's going to be a difficult recommendation. I would tell people to temper this and think about what there's a certain point where watching a, a kind of film passes entertainment and you're not entertained by it anymore and so there's that to deal with and people should walk into this movie with that in mind um but antebellum oh oh okay is a film that i want to recommend but i have to warn people it's going to be shocking and horrible yeah um and I can't really and say also, anything about it because there are, if you aren't familiar with the film, there are significant twists to the, the film. There that, are significant right, twists. It's I can't a horror disclose. movie. You can, you can get some of what it is in the trailer. And if the trailer looks like a thing you don't want to see, you don't want to see it. Um, specifically, like one of our friends who listens to the show. Hello. Um, 
has said that they haven't even been able to watch Lovecraft Country because of the racial crap right. in there. Uh, and was like, oh, I'm thinking about watching that, and I want to tell him, don't, don't, don't. You don't right. need to see this. Specifically, you don't need to see this. But if you can... And, and, and again, I have a higher tolerance for some things than a lower tolerance for others. Yes. And so, in this film, it's very violent. It's very violent. And if you don't want to see black people as slaves... Right. If that's just the thing that you're done seeing, which that right. makes perfect sense, this is not a movie that you should watch. And but for the, for the most part, I am. I am done with watching Quentin Tarantino make movies fair. about black people as slaves. That's fair. I am not done with black writers, directors, creators addressing this subject from the point of view of the kind of person who actually has something to say about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, Tarantino's superhero fantasies about black men that are coached by white men on how to be, you know, Avengers, which I felt really uncomfortable with. Uh, this is a completely different kind of film, and it, I yeah, again, I would like to say more about it, but that would give too much away, other than to give the um, the warning that it's very... It's very much a part of this time where we're at. Yes, it is. And it has a really serious commentary about that. Yes. And I don't want to give anything else away other than the performances are amazing. The film... Yes, Janelle Monae is fucking fantastic. Yeah. She's always... I've, everything I've seen her in, I've been way impressed by her. Um, and I will say that this movie is written and directed by a team, one of whom is black and one of whom is white. So, I think that gives a lot of perspective to what's being said, and I think that it also, yeah, I, I really felt there. There's some really great performances in here. Yes, uh, Gabrielle Sibide. Yes, who plays she's a so character good. in this film? Her name is Dawn, and she's the best. Or Bridget. I'm sorry, um, Dawn. Weird. And is it not a film that demonizes all white characters either? No. And what is, I find that, again, being in horror groups, well, there is a... Was there a decent white person yes, in this movie? her friend. That goes out to dinner with her. Yeah, I guess so. So, so one. There's one. There's one. Well, but there's not a large white. cast of this anyhow. So no, there isn't. So the focus is on less than Every other people. white person is pretty garbage. But what I, the reason why I bring up the fact that there is, there are sympathetic characters is that what I read in horror groups is... Particularly when Lovecraft Country first was um, appearing, uh, there were people who were just offended who were ready to be offended. A, because oh. it was about Lovecraft, when that's a whole racial history that needs to be addressed, but right. nobody seems to want to do it. Yeah. Um, oh, and let me also be clear. You could have every white person be demonized. I'm fucking fine with that because right. uh, that's what we get. I'm fine. Well, okay. I wasn't saying let me address that okay, to... even that. All right. <laughs> As a person of color, I have been treated to everything from Lovecraft's stories, which are all about the horrors of miscegenation, yeah. to films like The Believers, where all Puerto Ricans practice Santeria, all of them. You know, even the housemaid practices Santeria, which is not an evil religion in itself. That's just the way that it's seen here, because the way that it uses Christian iconography, along with other things. So, it's 
if if something like Lovecraft Country or Antebellum offends you, think about being a colored person who's had to see yourself or images yeah. of people like you demonized for decades. Yeah. And this is not just in film. This is also I I have trouble recommending some of the the classic horror, the Algernon Blackwood, and some of the others that I grew up with because he uses racist language. Yeah. And it's shocking when it's completely inappropriate to the plot. Somebody just lets out the N-word as a joke. And I'm going, like, what, what was that for? And it kind of is, you know, um, it's difficult to put up with. So now that horror is taking a complete point, different point of view, or it can be made from this different point of view, and be profitable and point out, well, this is what the world looks like to other people, the world that you created. It, it seems to be offensive. And so... The reason why I bring up that there is a a white sympathetic character is that that's the accusation I hear all the time. Are there oh. any good white characters? Oh, okay. And you hear that uh, I, heard I, I haven't heard that because uh, mostly because I think that. people don't have right. The, and the, this uh, came up no, with, they shouldn't um, say that shit to me. <laughs> uh, get out and us. Mm. There's no white sympathetic characters in here. Why? How? Do, who do I have to identify with? And although I can't think of in Get Out, I don't. Was, I don't understand why you have to have somebody exactly. who looks like you to identify with them. You can't. Identify. I mean, it it helps for sure. Like I right. do think that there should be female avatars in video games and stuff. So, right. so that girls feel like they can play these games. But also, I can watch a movie starring all black people and identify with well, and that, that aspects seems to be of the characters. Because again, as I just said, I had to go through horror films people. for years. Yeah. And well, and every other mm-hmm. kind of film, right? But in, in particular with horror films, where they watch more and never have anybody to identify with, because everyone who looked like me got killed off in the first ten minutes. Right, right. So it's just you know, it's weird how there's a a lack of patience with seeing this from the other side and going, oh, this. Yeah, is Yeah, and it's like. done us a lot of damage because mm-hmm. the whole reason that after Brett Kavanaugh cried in front of everybody mm-hmm. after a mean lady yelled at him is because, and people switched their opinions on him. Is because we've been taught that the white man is the her- the hero, and we right. need and well, we should um, empathize with them the like automatically times. because that's who the hero in ninety nine point nine percent of the movies that we watch yeah. are. The number of times I've had to actually explain that the lead character in my fiction is not a white man, quote unquote. Um, it's like they sort of look at me like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "Well, why did you assume that he? Why did you assume that me, with my last name and my complexion, I'm writing about a white guy and his problems?" And, you know, we have. You that. don't ever. I think you yeah. you describe him as. Uh, We're constantly describing dark. him as dark, right? So, but I'm, not black. Like I don't. Yeah, I've never. I don't know what he. I he. As far as I'm concerned, he looks like you. So I don't, but I don't, I, but I've never weird, thought of him as white or uh, that not white. weird assumption that, oh, if I'm reading it, that's the default, and that's something that I get from people sometimes like that. But that's true of, right. if I started writing a thing, right. they would presume that it was a white man until right. they heard otherwise. So this is, and if films any, like yeah. Antebellum, films like Us, which, by the way, has a sympathetic white character too, yeah. several of them. Um you you just have to get used to the idea that other people get to speak too. Because that's yeah, what, what a concept, to, yeah. Is the fact that, well, you know, to somebody else, this is what they're afraid of. And also, practice uh-huh. watching movies 
full of people who don't look like you mm-hmm. and getting empathy for people who don't look like you. Well, because also, if you can't relate to somebody mm-hmm. just because they're a different skin tone than you, you probably are perpetuating some racism in your everyday life because you don't fucking know any better. I think that it might be layers. I wonder if these are the same people who don't watch foreign movies because they don't understand, they don't want to read subtitles. Yeah. And they don't want to see what Talk other English. People, all those people are the Japanese. The people that got mad yeah. when the Parasite won because how did how dare right. a movie that's not in English win Best Picture? It was the Best Picture, motherfuckers. I don't know what <laughs> to tell you. Actually, far <laughs> away the Best Picture. And so, yeah, I was watching an interview with um, Guillermo del Toro today. Yeah. And there were people offended by that, too. It's like, wait, it's a film with a mute woman who falls in love with a fish, and the the characters are... She did not fall in love with a fish. The mute woman, the gay man, her black best friend. No, that's right. And how they all... Look at all those people you can't possibly relate to as human beings. Right, exactly. And the villain is the... White dude. White male guy. Mike, Ch- Mike Shannon, who... who runs with it. Awesome. He really does. I should watch that movie again. It is a great He's film. amazing great, in that, film, though. But it's, you know, what he did was turn everything on its head. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, I think the funniest part of that interview was, you know, both with Creature from the Black Lagoon and King Kong, he was hoping for a happy ending. Why didn't she love him? What if she did love him? Yeah, and that's where this started. <laughs> But, uh, but which yeah. is a little bit problematic because just because you love somebody doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they owe you their love. No, 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 back. no, no. What she, his <laughs> point of view was, well, not that. Why doesn't she love him? Just but because what if me. she? Did. What if she did? What if why, she did? You know, he yeah. thought the creature from the Black Lagoon was going to turn into a romance. Look, it swims so beautifully, and it obviously cares for her. Maybe she will learn to love it, or maybe she will feel attracted to it too. Wait, that doesn't happen, you know. So no, they burn it with fire. No, I, don't, I actually, they actually don't know. do at one point. Do they? I didn't yes, know that. So I um, just guessed. <laughs> so yeah, there's a there's just a, a whole different dynamic. What if we can see it differently? And I think really with Antebellum, with others, it's doing that same thing. What if we can just take this and look at it from a different point of view? Because we have seen ten thousand versions of this other horror story. And we can see a different version of it that means something to somebody else. Yes. So again, with a huge warning to people, if you see this, it's going to be very upsetting. But it does have a lot to say. There's a lot of subtle things. I like the fact that one of the characters is staying in the Jefferson room in a hotel. and The the irony isn't lost on her. Right. And there's a lot of stuff. But it's a very good film. Jefferson... Sweet, yes. because she got money. <laughs> uh, so do you have something to recommend? I do. I'm going to recommend a movie that um, I was uh, I wanted to watch for three years and finally got to watch it. And a lot of people online seem to think that they it's terrible, no, no, no. but they're wrong. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> the New Mutants. You saw it Oh, too. yes, yes, yes. Um, so finally, The New Mutants was available. Um, I purchased it for the low, low price of eight ninety nine. I would have paid twenty dollars for it, but that wasn't an option. I paid eight ninety nine. I did pay nineteen ninety nine for Annabelle, which I'm probably never going to watch again because I will. It's hard to watch. I mean, but I, it's I, there, I, so. I have like the Suspiria and um, yeah, you like to watch, yeah. watch them again. I can't watch Hereditary again. <laughs> nope. Um. 
so I started seeing trailers for the New Mutants mm-hmm. back in like 2017 or something, 2018. Yeah. It was supposed to come out on my birthday this year, and then, you know, the world ended. Um, they've done a bunch of reshoots. I was like, there's no way this is going to be good, but the cast looks so good to me. The idea of it looked really good to me. And I was like, well, now that I can watch it, I'm going to watch it by gosh, by gum. Because I was really afraid that they were going to hold it and just never release it ever. And I was never going to get to see it. So we bought it and we watched it. And you know what, guys? It's good. It's good. I don't know what to tell you. The effects are good. The acting is good. The characters are fun. It's a it's a it's a movie about mutants, y'all. So you've got to go in knowing what the fuck you're gonna watch. It's pretty scary, but there's basically I, a kaiju in it. Right. Like the characters are not all just white people. That's the other thing. Like we've but, got Anya Taylor Joy playing Rasputin's something sister, sister daughter Colossus's sister too. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, um, I I just it's fun. I really liked it. it. I don't know why it was. There's a little off. bit of lesbianism. There's a little bit of Native American stuff. They kill off Adam Beach immediately because that's what they that's what Adam we do Beach now. Gets his job now is to get what the fuck, off man? If you're in a Adam Beach, stop signing up for superhero movies because they're gonna kill you as soon as you're on screen. Um, and I love you, and you should be in more of the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I We watched it, and I was, like, waiting for it to get bad. And it fucking didn't. Well, and then, okay, then so and I was like, I fully like that movie. going into a film with low expectations Maybe. and being really disappointed. Um, but Maybe. But it, it was better than Dark Phoenix. <laughs> By it was a better than mile. X-Men I don't Apocalypse. even fucking remember. Yes, the that than, one, too. So I don't know what was so wrong with this movie yeah. that... And it I guarantee you it was cheaper than both of those. I think that what you had was this really enjoyable group of actors telling a really enjoyable story. I, Yeah, it, and again, it's not the same story that you're hearing all the time. Part of the appeal of the mutants when I was a kid was that they represented everyone who didn't fit in. When I was yeah. reading the X-Men when I was in fifth grade, it's, you know, these were people who... Everyone could read into them. It's about gay people. It's about black people. It's, it's about, about everyone yeah. who didn't fit yeah. in. So everyone found yeah. a place within. That's why the X Men were so popular. Yep. Because they were all people with weird off-brand superpowers. Like a guy's power is claws, basically, right? I mean, the the biggest yeah. of well, the cure of the X Men is that he basically has a metal. I mean, he's he a can't person. die is really what his power is. And that and his history of being abused. Yes. <laughs> really is what it is. Yeah. So it's like these were people who were not Superman. They weren't, you know, great from the out from the gate. They were closer to characters like Batman who were kind of damaged. And they faced prejudice constantly and nobody loved them. They're constantly trying to get the yeah. love of people and they never get it. And so this film kind of plays into that. There maybe they, you're supposed to be scared of them. Maybe yes. what they and, do is and, really scary. And what new mutants the new mutants mm-hmm. thing is, you know, and there's a little bit of this in some of the trailers, which is a baby rattlesnake's more dangerous than an adult rattlesnake because right. they don't know how to control the venom. If you don't know what your power is, which is an issue in for one of the characters in this, or 
you don't know how to control your power, you are going to be more dangerous. That is true. That is just right. And if your power is a psychic power, it's doubly true. And our heroine has a I mean, it's fundamentally what's, yes, it's fundamentally what Dark Phoenix is about, mm-hmm. right? Or like what causes Dark Phoenix to become Dark Phoenix was the uh, improper shutting down of a child. Yeah, which. You know, we can get into it. Professor X thought he was doing the right thing because he always thinks he's doing the right thing and he very rarely is doing the right thing, fundamentally. Um, He wanted to protect everyone and you can't protect everyone because you're going to be hurting someone. What I liked about, and what we've seen even in the film versions of this character, is that he's deeply mistaken a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And what he keeps thinking is if you try really hard, I mean, okay, here's if, if you here's try hard, then it'll work out. He's like Barack Obama. He's yeah. constantly trying to make these overtures to the other side who does not give a shit. The other side doesn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> and so they'll, they'll, they'll they will, willing. they will indulge you to right. your face and fuck you behind your back. But, you know, that, uh, that kind of notion that we can, we can all live in peace. Apparently we can't. And, that's kind of uh, that's why the I think the X Men was always sort of dark, because it was about the fact that no matter how much you try to get mom and dad to love you, they're not going to love you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is really sad. But that's also why it really appealed to so many different kinds of people. Yes, right, right, for sure. So I enjoyed the new. Yeah, Mutants. it's a good movie. I thought I it was fun. It. The uh, action the act- scenes worked out really well. Yeah. The special effects were actually very good. There's. It's really, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly why uh, it faced so much skepticism um, or why it took so long to release it. Lots of reasons. Yeah. And then COVID. <laughs> Lots of reasons and then COVID. Right. Uh, a big part of it was the Sony Fox purchase. Yeah. And the mutants being in a weird no man's land in in rights, rights wise. And also, you know, that yeah, they had different people come in to helm and they wanted to do a bunch of reshoots and um, you know, a bunch of time had passed with teenagers or young adults. Right. And when time passes with teenagers and young adults, they look very different. So that's a danger. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's got Maisie Williams in it. It's got Anya Taylor-Joy in it. Mm-hmm. It's got the dude from Stranger Things in it. A very tall Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. Uh, he kept pointing she's out. She's weirdly tall in this. But uh, then again, I remembered the character she's supposed to be playing. Okay, it makes sense that she towers over all these other yeah, people. Yeah, they're, they're just shooting her differently or, 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 or showing her differently. Um, a lot, You know, there are things in it that don't make sense and don't hold together. Mm-hmm. It's a fictional movie. It's a movie about superheroes. Are you expecting yeah. it to make sense? Right I mean, it's fine. It was a fun watch. Yeah. It was. So um, that's available on Amazon, like I said, for rental for like three three ninety nine or something, four ninety nine, or you could buy it for nine bucks. <laughs> so just buy it for nine bucks. Buy it for nine bucks. He'll see it again. Um, yeah, I will, I'll definitely around. watch that one again. Yeah. So um, yeah, I really liked it. So that's it for this week. Uh, next week, episodes five and six of mm-hmm. Mr. Mercedes. Uh, maybe we'll find out more about what is wrong with kelly lynch if you have questions comments concerns you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at latecomerspod or you can find us on facebook at the latecomers podcast search it in the search bar we've got a group 
and a fan page. It was an accident. You can find us either way. You'll see where we post. That's where you want to be. And uh, until next week, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you better late than never. never.